Craig Smith and I met via a podcaster website, Audrey.io. The site helps podcasters meet other podcasters in similar genres. Craig and his company, The Big Picture People, I'm sorry, The Big Picture People, work with companies to help bring them together and develop lines of communication. They do this through gamification. I, too, believe in building communication at the office via games. Mine are store-bought. His are made specifically for the company he is helping. Either way, gaming in the office was common ground. We talk about the usual topics, as well as his obsession with Star Wars toys and an 11-pound or 5-kilogram book he recently backed on Kickstarter about the original toys, how bad we both are at Blockus, and stories of people not wanting to come back to the office after the pandemic or lockdown. Some moved hours away, others moved states away, and still some, well, they immigrated to completely new countries altogether. Check it out. Welcome back to Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is podcaster and owner of the Big Picture People, Craig Smith. They bring people together in their offices to have conversations, and a lot of times through gaming. Craig, how are you doing this morning? I'm really good, Adam. How are you? I'm tired. I've had a long <laughs> weekend at a board game convention, and then uh, so it's uh, 5.30 in the morning here, and... Uh, what is that about 12 30 in the afternoon over there yeah it's about it yeah it's, it's, it's coming up to uh we're sort of in the middle of our day here so yeah we're about probably about five hours ahead of you i think i was no probably a bit further actually no, so about seven, seven hours ahead yeah God, <laughs> I, gosh, I didn't realize it was 5 30 you are dedicated especially on a monday morning so yeah um, yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it's i had a long vacation or a long weekend at a board game convention and then i forgot about that when we scheduled this so i'm like well here we go. <laughs> so, uh, Craig, tell us a little bit about the big picture people and what you do with that in the gaming community. Sure. Yeah. Well, we we as as you said in your introduction, we we help to get people together to have more effective conversations at work, and that's that's kind of be around a variety of different areas. It could be, you know, we have a new strategy, we have a new vision, we maybe have some new values, or you know, we we've got something specifically technical that we want you to understand. Typically, as you probably know, managers, leaders sit you down big long powerpoint presentation everybody's falling asleep wants to get out of the room what we do is we <laughs> we we turn it into a more more interactive conversation and one of the one of the tools that we use amongst many other things so visualization is a re really big part of what we do but but we've found over the years is is a really a, a simple game mechanic can be a really good way of getting people to interact with each other and sort of let their guard down and talk about things they wouldn't normally talk about with their workmates so that's what we do that's awesome. And so we actually met over Audrey IO, which is a podcaster service mm. where you can meet other podcasters if you want. Uh, yeah. if you just kind of look out. So that's how uh, we've, we've come across each other and I was on your podcast and now you're on my podcast. So the, the intent of Audrey IO is working. So if anybody yeah. over at, if, if anybody at Audrey's <laughs> listening, you did a good job. Yeah, so <laughs> it's good. Good. It's a good matchmaking uh, thing. And sometimes you, you, I get a lot of consultants who approach me who just say, "Hey, I've got this book that I've written, and I want you to help me promote it through your podcast." And it's like mm, maybe not, but you, we had a kind of symbiotic thing, so that seemed like a good idea. Yeah. So how did you get into gaming, Craig? So me as a person, prior to, to from a business perspective, I mean, I've always been into games, and uh, we we were kind of having a little chat about this. I mean, I guess my aside from when I was a kid, and I used to play games like Haunted House and uh, the Game of Life and uh, Mouse Trap, you know, for not particularly uh, sophisticated games by any 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 chalk, but uh, but still, you know, great great games when I was a kid. But then, sort of in the early eighties, because I was a sort of a 
a child of the sort of 70s and 80s the, the kind of video gaming was where i really kind of got into you know home computers the zx spectrum and the and the kind of all the things that we uh that we oldies can remember and then moving into like you know the commodore amiga and i've still got a playstation now i still like playing uh, video games but but also board games and any anything and and i, I one of the analogies we use with when when people are kind of going, why do you, would you use a game for a, in a business context? Is you know, I always use the analogy. You know what it's like on Boxing Day or the day after Christmas when everybody puts their phones down, and we get Monopoly out, and we spend four hours as a family kind of connected to each other, and it's that kind of dynamic that I think is really unique to to physical board games that we really like. So so yeah, so I've I've played games all of my life, and uh, and and I love them not only as just fun but also as a social tool as well. No, absolutely. I, I I understand. Like you got, you know, cause I was on your show and people who listen to my show know that's, you know, I use them at work to bring the office together and to make the office seem smaller by just coming together at lunch, playing a game and, you know, getting to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily or ordinarily come across. And I, I find that just like you said, putting the phone down and just, sitting there across the table from each other you realize man this person's not as scary as his title makes him out to be mm. or you know it's they're just a person too and it's you know it really does help bring people together so definitely it's a great leveler and and we're all you know everybody likes to play everybody has that playfulness i think and and as long as and that's one of the challenges we find is not making the game mechanic become adversarial because that kind of defeats the object <laughs> uh, but 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 everybody likes to play and play you know playing with someone is a, as you sort of said it's a leveler it, it takes away strips away any airs and graces and, and we're just you know just human beings at the end of the day and it's great no I, yeah i mean just finding out they're just regular people can be a yeah. big can be a big big change in in your outlook at work it's also quite interesting when people kind of drop their guard, you know, they've got this kind of persona of being this sort of, you know, really passive you know, team player. And then you, you give them, like, you know, there's like, they turn into this, you know, the kind of uh, the old goofy cartoon where it's the the driver, the driving personality, sort of this like foaming at the mouth and uh, <laughs> wanting to grab, not, not that that, obviously that happens a lot, but, uh, but yeah, it's quite interesting. You see these alter egos pop out. Yeah. I, I've introduced the trophy at work and all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, I want to win that trophy. And so, you know, these, these people that you think are these sweet little people that work in your office, all of a sudden they want that trophy and they're oh, going to get it. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, so if I was able to take a flight because I definitely can't drive to where you are, mm. uh, if I was going to fly over there, what is your current favorite game? What game is on your table right now? Yeah, well, we've got a, we've got, but we, 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 we through lockdown, um, when we were kind of caged up with, with my uh, older kids who were in their sort of eight, in the, well, at the time we're in the late teens or in their, both in the 20s now, we, we had a kind of ritual of playing games every night. So I guess the go to games that we, we discovered or we're, we're already in the cupboard, but we, we became our regular go tos were Quirkle. That was, became a massive, ah. uh, a massive, uh, and, uh, Blockus. Have you ever played Blockus? Oh, yes, Blockus. I'm yes. absolutely useless at blockers. My kids just laugh because I just, yeah. I just, I, every time I try a different strategy and it never works. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact that I will always lose on There's a four something game. You know, blockers. I can't win either. I, no. you know, it's just a puzzle. It is. I'm, I'm really good at puzzles. Yeah. Like you call it blockers and I'm like, yeah, it's just like. This. I'm, I'm kind of like dyslexic when it comes to what the logic is behind how you play. My, my son is really good and he just always wins. And I'm thinking it's not just random. There's not just chance. And I know I've tried stretching out across the board to get to the other corner. I've tried staying in my own corner. I've tried going along the bottom up the side and it just never works. So I, 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 it clearly yeah. isn't. So, but block, I, we still played it because it became the running joke that like, you know, would I finish <laughs> third or last again? Um, and then, uh, and then oh, exploding <laughs> kittens. That's become a, a, uh, a really popular game. Like we got the extension pack with the imploding kitten card in it, which if you've not got and you play exploding kittens, it's fantastic. Uh, adds, an, adds another dynamic mentioned to an already very very peculiar card game but yeah good fun yeah that's uh that's hilarious though because yeah I've, i don't normally win my the games when i play and 
it's not about winning. It's just for me, it's about just playing and having fun. But man, yeah, it's something about Blockus and I just don't. <laughs> we don't mesh. I, no. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, if you hand me a puzzle, all I can sit down and put together a, a five hundred piece puzzle by myself in one sitting. Yeah, but you hand me Blockus where I'm just trying to you know touch it a at corners. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just the puzzle. Why can't I figure out how it goes together? Yeah, and yeah, I think I I try and create cells that nobody else can get into, but of course they can because it's the diagonals that connect. So you can't ever create a kind of an area which you can just put all your own pieces in. And I think I'm always <laughs> striving to do that or to find a way of doing it, which is impossible. So too yeah. many years of Tetris. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. And I've even just tried the kind of you know just random put it down anywhere, and that doesn't work either. So yeah, it, it's it's completely bypassed me. What the strategy for blockers is but yeah it's good fun man. and it's nice it's nice being the butt of jokes a bit about it. it not all the time but yeah but so uh so yeah so they i think they're the probably ones we've played the most over the last and an uno is you know i know it's a really simple game but we uno we, is a classic yeah we've had we've had so many i mean even when they were kids were little it was one of those games you you know really young kids can play it and be really good at it and all the way through to you know you can play it with my parents so with oh AB. sure yeah 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 so a couple of interviews ago i talked with the guy who one his hidden gem game was a game called luck plus which mm. was from the designers of uno yeah and I, I tracked it down because that's what I do. And <laughs> I tracked it down and I got a copy and I finally got it to table last week. Now, like I said, we have a trophy, but that game is Thursday. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So we decided to make the non-trophy games a certificate game. Yeah. <laughs> so I got on Canva made this hilarious little certificate of winning. Yeah. So uh, you could you know okay you won the game you don't get the trophy but you get the certificate but we played luck plus for the first time and it's very similar to uno yeah but then like completely different and it was really an interesting take on uno because you're like you know you're there's no reverse or skip card but there's stop and go. So it's kind of like Millborn, uh, yeah. kind of like, you know, kind of Millborn, kind of Uno. And you're like, and it was a lot of fun. And so it's funny you mentioned Uno because I was like, I just played like the sequel that nobody else apparently liked back uh, in the, the 80s or whatever when it came yeah, out. Yeah. But it was, it's really a good game. And so if you ever come across a game called Luck Plus, Luck Plus. I might luck look plus that, i'll look that yeah. one up yeah is it so you, you can still buy it yeah you can still get it oh game. you have to find it off ebay or something oh, so, so second hand yeah okay okay yeah okay. it came out in 1983 so it's a little younger than me <laughs> i'm gonna write it down look plus luck plus, plus yeah it, look at that. yeah for some reason it just didn't take off and i'm kind of surprised with the, the board gaming boom that we're in right now mm. and the fact that Uno is putting out a whole bunch of like Uno Flip and do, uh, Dose and all these other things mm. that they haven't brought it back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with your board gaming, do you uh, board game uh, at lunch with your coworkers? No, I don't. I work from home most of the time. And my wife, uh, while well, she is keen on gaming, we never really get a chance to. I think, you know, I think probably our as i as i say whenever we get my daughter do- my daughter's away at the moment at uni when she comes back uh, what we found recently is that is the kind of thing we do after tea so we'll get the board game out at night so i guess default for us is is after tea is that's our kind of social time together because again you know they're very you know they kind of go off and even when she's back it's kind of difficult to connect because she just wants to sort of speak to her brother and play mario karts on the tv but then we uh we, we get we get them to uh we get them to uh sit down with us after we've had something to eat and then we play games at night so i guess that's our kind of uh, version of, of of that social time in the day no i mean i play at lunch with my coworkers, and then i usually play before bed with my uh my wife and my son so yeah, i understand yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah so if you did play at lunch, what would be your go-to 60-minute game ah, for 60 a lunch minute. hour? Yeah, for a 60-minute game. That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of a game. you. I mean, Quirkle tends to take us probably around about 
45 45 minutes yeah. yeah for for a good game of quirkle where you know you, and you're not getting rushed into come on whose go is it and you you know you're kind of thinking <laughs> trying to think four or five moves ahead and what if i pick up that yellow star in the next bag and do i just cash in four points or do i kind of hold out for that big 24 pointer that i can see emerging but uh so yeah we, we that but sometimes we're a bit more rushed. so i'd probably say that's probably closest i mean what an exploding kittens probably in about 30 minutes for a good game yeah. of that yeah block us as i say is just a blur because i don't know what's going on and then it's just over when it's over because i'm never really sure what's happened in the first place uh yeah um, and then um i'm trying to think of another game we bought another one and i think i'd spoken to you about this last time we've only played this a few times but this is the one where i can't remember the name of it it's got like a a, a cow on the front of the box and it's kind of got velour on the front have you have you played that what's it called it's um uh, it's like one way you have to basically go, you, you, it's really, it's a really easy game mechanic because you just got to basically, um, the car, the question is what is the, you know, something like what was the best Star Wars film of all time? And you go around the group and if it's the majority of people say the, the answer that you've written down, then everybody w- wins that. What's, what's it called? Um, herd mentality. Herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I really like because that is. I mean, you know, it, it comes with a few bits and bobs. You've got like a little squeezy cow and some little pen, <laughs> pen and some little uh, little counters that they give you. But it's it, you can, like it says in the rules, you can make up your own questions. It's so easy to play and so easy yeah. to kind of create your own content for. I really like that game. So I'm not sure. I'll, I can't remember when we when you get a big group of people. Um, and then the other one that we played a lot actually, which my daughter really likes. And again, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of it. Where you have to. It's like um, you. Pa- it's like passing the message on, but it's like you draw something, and then someone has to work out what you've drawn, and then you they have to then some. The next person has to draw what that person's interpretation. What's that one called? I can't remember. Telestrations. Telestration. Yes. That yeah, is that's good. a good one. That is a good one that's for. A, that's a good a one for the office. Sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to yeah. bring people together and, and everything. And, yeah, that's a fun one. And, and particularly when you go through them. And the more people you've had and the more kind of <laughs> distortions of the original message is yeah. good. And that's, I mean, that's a really good, actually, again, you know, without kind of stealing a, a corporate idea, a, a, a kind of, you know, a game idea for a, that is a really good one for demonstrating the you know the kind of communication breakdown in, in any organization yeah and, and really fun as well when you kind of go back through how on earth did we start with that and end up with that yeah how did you get that from love seat like yeah 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 and the more and the more kind of edgy the you know the original sort of clue is the more kind of humorous it gets as like it, it gradually descends into uh, some very strange lines of thinking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have have a hidden gem a game that you don't think gets enough credit for being as good as it is what would that be yeah that's a really good question i mean i i don't i mean i'm not really up on what are the you know the actually what i do do and actually i should have said this earlier when you can you asking i will get back to i'll answer that question but um what i do every year my kind of standard thing at christmas is i buy a board game for my the family so i'll address it to you know my wife and the kids and it'll be from me to us and it'll be a board game and it'll one that i've kind of researched so i do around christmas time every year i kind of do a bit of a research into what are the number one board games now i'm really i'm i should have done this research beforehand i'm trying to buy a bit of time so i can actually find the game that we bought a few a few years ago i we've only played a few times and not because it was really good it was kind of quite complicated and our our parents couldn't understand it but we really enjoyed it and the whole point (laughs) Um, you may you'll probably go because you you got this kind of photographic memory for board games let me remember remind so it was basically you chose how far you wanted to move forward it was like it was basically a take on uh the rabbit and the and the the hare and the tortoise yeah you know what it is do you know the game Can you, no that... i i know hare and tortoise because you're trying to with the carrots and the and all that yeah, but the but it was what i liked about it was the diet i'm gonna i'm looking i'm googling it while we're talking here so uh, <laughs> hare and tortoise game board game um it, it was a german game and what i really liked about it is you chose how far you here it is here it is was it was it it was called the hare and the tortoise i'm overcomplicating it yeah it's because called hare and the tortoise and and it was a and i don't think it won lots of awards it's uh yeah Yeah, it is and basically you after you earn carrots um Mm -hmm. by by 
doing certain things and then you can choose how far you want to move forward but you have to pay for that with the carrots and there's all sorts of other subtleties and i really like that game because it was really clever um maybe too clever for maybe our family of some of our family members who kind of gave up because they didn't understand it within five minutes but we 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 actually it's one i'm looking at it now and i'm going to remind myself i'm going to get that back out again when the kids are oh, back because we need to play it again because it was it's a really fantastic good game. yeah it won if i remember correctly it won the first bill the yara's it first. did win an award yeah which is probably how it showed up yeah. on my radar of yeah. which would be a good game to buy at christmas for the for the family so yeah, yeah. It's david yeah. parlett yeah it's uh he, he's made a lot of good he does usually he does a lot of card games and so yeah uh but yeah that's a that's a great game it's a classic game too it's almost you know it's funny uh it's almost 50 years old really yeah, yeah. Oh, i didn't realize that, like ah. it's it was so ahead of its time and it, it kind of like you said it kind of you know like the question it kind of got lost to time but it is such a great game that it should be and ought to be brought back out and and like, yeah yeah redone and because it, again it, it, it you know from a I mean, I, you know, I don't think we would ever try and replicate that mechanic in, in one of our commercial games because, again, people, we try and make our games like you can pick it up straight away. That required a little bit of thinking, a little bit of kind of rule reading and and and, and what we find with our corporate kind of people, they're too impatient and you know, <laughs> their, their attention span is, is less than a goldfish. So you've got to kind of get them. They've got to kind of get the game from the, from the, from the outset or learn it as they go. And obviously that requires a little bit of sort of concentration, which, which is a challenge. So, so, but it, it is, I really enjoy that. I didn't realize it was so old. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so again, my ignorance, but no, I, I, that for me was, is a hidden gem. And I've just kind of like, I'm going to go and get it out of the cupboard and put it on the table. So next time the kids are back, we remember that's when we've got to play. It makes so, me uh, want to go find a copy. I have, yeah. I've I played it. I played it out of a live, like a board game library. When yeah, I was when I played it, and now now I'm thinking I should go find that game. Mm. It's, it's been a couple of years, like five or seven years, because of lockdown and the pandemic. And then, yeah, I kind of like- count that as one year. When yeah. it really isn't one year. Well, like, no, someone said to me, it's like kind of like dog years, isn't it? It's like, it's yeah. like, yeah, it, you know, we kind of, was that only two, three years ago? It seems like about 14 or 15, but yeah. And then other things seem as though they were like yesterday. I, I was trying, I was trying to, we, we, I'd lost something the other day and I couldn't remember whether I bought it after or before lockdown. And it was just like, <laughs> that was two, only two years. I'm mean, surely I could remember something I bought three years ago or like within the last six months and I couldn't. Nah. Yeah. It was weird. No very strange <laughs> time elongation sort of of, of being yeah. socially isolated is is very strange it's yeah, uh, yeah. I like when somebody's like yeah 2020 that was a weird five years you know <laughs> um <laughs> definitely so do you ever uh, dabble on kickstarter um not with games i've i've backed a few various things um as we were talking about in the uh, in the in the in the sort of uh, pre-conversation i'm well into star wars so i I backed a book recently that uh is just i got a me actually i got a message this morning saying it's just going into print so uh yeah i do i do like kickstarter i think it's fantastic i think it's wonderful uh idea but i've never backed any games but uh well that's a shame yeah, I, I, again, it's not through uh, not 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 perceiving their value. It's just through ignorance, probably, or not getting you're not getting reached out to when when people are trying to start these things. Because I'm, I need to probably uh, demonstrate. What well, are you? Is this is this an invitation to maybe uh, back back a game? <laughs> hey, I've got, you know, I I use Kickstarter for my games. Yeah, when we, when we bring games to market, we'll have a new one out this fall. Yeah, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, do no, do definitely, definitely no, and I, and I mean, I mean, it's becoming a lot more oh, yeah. uh, mainstream now as a way of, uh, of of funding these sorts of projects, which I think is great. I think it's wonderful because they, they wouldn't get off the ground; they wouldn't get you know backed by a commercial, uh, a normal route, commercial route. So I think it's I think they're fantastic. So what's the Star Wars book? I'm curious because I mm. just backed a book on Mortal Kombat, the, the video ah. game. And so I can't even remember the name of the the, the name of it, but it was like. This guy's writing like a, a love letter, I guess, to Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, 
I want that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this book is a it's a because I collect Star Wars stuff from like regional kind of retro seventies eighties stuff, uh, and this book I'm finding I'm just opening up the email now and remind me what it's called because it's so long since I backed it. But these guys have done an amazing job. So it's called. This, and get ready for this. The most in-depth guide to the original Kenner Star Wars action figures. That's the name of the book. <laughs> I think, although it might be it might be abbreviated to the Kenner Star Wars action figures book. But it's like, basically, I, I, I know somebody who's seen a copy of it at a convention that was held recently. So it's it measures, uh, I mean, I'm sort of put this into Imperial. It's 300 millimeters by 400 millimeters. So that's 12 inches by probably about 15 or 16 inches. Weighs five kilograms. Holy somebody, cow. Somebody said, it's not actually a coffee table book it is a coffee table yeah um it's got 400 that's like 10 pounds i know yeah it's got it's got 400 pages four thousand images and it's got pictures of all of the original plastic toys i bought used to buy for around well it'd probably be like two dollars back in the day which are now worth sort of hundreds or thousands of dollars now so uh and uh yeah it's so i it's kind of one of those books that i'll just sit there and my wife will be on what earth are you looking at and yeah don't don't yeah don't put that down too hard on the glass coffee No, oh, well, no. I, I, the problem is that when I, I when I when I kind of backed it, I don't think they published the di- the planned dimensions. I don't think I've got anywhere big enough on my bookshelf that I'll actually take it. So I'm going to have to modify my bookshelf in more ways than one. Probably strengthen it as well. To take just this, go to IKEA and book. get one of these little shelves. And just uh, well, yeah. The wall. Well, I've, I've had I've had mixed experience of those things in the past, so I, I even yeah. have to like but, buttress my uh, shelves heavily with the amount of things that I put on them. But yeah, so no, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to. I mean, it's going to be interesting when the postman arrives with it as well. And I'm hoping it's not been because with the weight of it as well, I'm just worried if it's going to end up a bit kind of corners bashed. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was yeah, they're, my last. They're getting uh, pretty good with that though. Kickstarter uh, backers and fulfillment companies are getting really good at like protecting corners and stuff yeah so. yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure they will these guys i mean they, they've they've been really good at sending kind of pictures of the proofs as they've been coming off and lots of little teasers which i guess and then and th- i think the other things i've, I've i'm um i've tried back to a few other things what was on the this. first thing you backed you remember first thing i backed um I have backed other things in the past. I honestly can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I, I'm, I am really, I really kind of fit, you know, it, it's not that, as I say, I think it's a fantastic uh, thing, it's, but it just has to kind of float my boat and I have to, because I'm quite impatient and I want things, you know, now and, and the idea of like, it's going to take like two years, maybe get this back. They, I mean, it, and this thing went to the wire because I remember they they it was a hundred thousand pounds they needed to get this thing backed. Um, and it was like two to three days before they were kind of still only about 60 or 70%. And then there was a, f- I don't know whether this is the way Kickstarters tend to go. There was a massive rush at the last minute of kind yeah. of thing. I think the full fear of missing out thing kicked in or, you know, and anyway, they got, a, they got a huge uplift. And I think they, they got more than 50% more than they needed in the end. So, so they've done well. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. They call it the golden gate bridge effect. Right, you get a right. whole bunch at the beginning and a whole bunch at the end. And it kind of makes that parabola. Ah, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. 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 But no, that, so no, I, I, but actually, you know, it is something I'm always receptive to these things and I'm, I'm on a lot of these kind of Facebook groups and I guess it's whether they show up on these Facebook groups that I mean as to whether <laughs> I know about them in the first place. Cause uh, you gotta yeah. be careful. Cause once they get you, I know, you, I know you enter, you enter that marketing, slow. you enter that marketing and all of a sudden you're going to get targeted with all kinds of, I know, weird... I know. I think, um, as I mean, again, going back into the star Wars thing, Hasbro have, have started doing this a lot with, um, they're launching like these sort of ships that would, they would never economically make but or and 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 then obviously they give you all of these incentives you know if you if we get ten thousand if we get fifteen thousand if we get twenty thousand we'll add all these extra things so everybody it's great because then you're in, everybody's encouraging their friends to buy it because they want this kind of like upgrade package so oh, yeah. it's clever it's a clever way of uh of, of marketing and, and launching stuff so oh. yeah but no I, I you're right i probably will get, get, get another slippery slope that i'm gonna <laughs> step onto so yeah <laughs> that'll be interesting that yeah. book sounds awesome oh my it is, gosh it is, though it holy is, cow it is it's <laughs> like gonna i be... said five kilograms is 11 pounds yeah you know, it's a heavy you know, book. We, because we do stupid things here. i know yeah yeah i'm, I'm only they, they, these guys i think are uh, i think one of them is italian and another guy's english and so they've they've kind of gone with a kind of uh, metric 
measurements and all of these things awesome yeah yeah i can't wait hilarious yeah (laughs) (laughs) so when you play games well i mean i guess with the games well with blockus anyway Mm. (laughs) um do you have a color that you gravitate towards when playing yeah i tend to go for red i don't know why it's it's my because you're you're the boss and you're well yeah you think (laughs) yeah no it could be i don't know i've just always i've always had an affinity with the color red and and um i like i like red i mean obviously some games you know monopoly i would always go for the battleship uh i don't know whether that's a a site where you can draw any kind of psychometric deductions from the the, the play (laughs) pieces that people choose uh or the colors according to some books you can Uh, according to some books if you want to be uh viewed as the weak one and the one to not worry about take the shoe Ah, right. Okay. Okay. But that could be a subliminal tactic to sort of, you know, fall under the radar. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The battleship, though. Battleship's good one. cool. Or uh, if, uh, if someone's already taken it, the racing car. Oh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you back in the back in the day, all yours were done by Waddington's, right? Yeah, Waddington's MB games were really big in the in uh, uh, in the UK. I'm trying to think of some of the other games that we used to have. Palatoy used to do some stuff, uh, but yeah, Waddington's were a really big uh, big name in in the game fraternity over here. Yeah, well, it was him, and uh, he had that deal with Parker Brothers. And mm, that Parker they, Brothers, that's the other one. And yeah. They used to they had that transatlantic trip every year and they saw what the other one had and then they swapped game. I, you know, I'll give you the rights to this. And that's how we got clue, which is Cluedo for on your side of the ocean. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's how we got clue. That's how you guys got uh monopoly. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's been, I've had a lot of fun reading. I've got like tons of books over here on the history of board gaming and stuff and into read about you know all of that craziness of the early 1900s really like what people don't realize is clues from the 40s yeah and it was designed by a couple people in england uh during the bombings at night yeah so when the germans were bombing England at night, they were in their yeah. bomb shelter designing Clue. Designing, yeah. No, I've never thought about <laughs> that, actually. I mean, because it is, it is it's kind of an archetypally, you know, if you were saying to, well, it's the, to date, you know, Professor Plum and and Colonel Mustard, you'd say it's probably <laughs> around the sort of mid-century, you know, so yeah, or mid to early uh, 20th century. So yeah, yeah. And they but did away with sense. Mrs. White. Yeah. They get rid of Mrs. Uh, she's now like Professor or something Scarlet. Yeah, or not Scarlet yeah. Orchid. Miss, Orchid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's <laughs> a, it, it's a great. Um, and and you know, and I think back to that. I mean, there are the yeah, the game I, I mentioned it back at the beginning. I remember a game I used to love playing. It was really kind of basic and not particularly. Well, it was just very basic. It was a Haunted House? Did you ever guys ever have that game you, where you have to drop the ball down the chimney and you don't know where it's going to go? No, I was thinking of uh, Haunted Mansion. And whether it's well, we it may have been the same game, but again, you know, no, because Haunted Mansion was about the ghost coming out of the stairs and and you're ah, trying to in the runner avoid the ghost. Well, this thing it was a little bit like Mousetrap in that it was kind of more of a kind of mechanical. You had to kind of build it. You had to sort of build these four walls, and it had like four rooms. You had a little plastic cowl that went on the chimney, and then you drop. The idea was is there were certain places on the game board where you would stand on them and uh at that point you'd have to drop the ball down the chimney it was like you know one in four chance it was going to come down your your sort of bit of the chimney and then if it landed on your bit it like kind of triggered the trap and you either got thrown in the air or you fell in a hole or something and uh yeah it was it was i think i think it was just the kind of mechanical element of it and this sort of fascination and it it looked like a little house which i you know i was always into those sorts of things there was that that was one game that i always remember playing i'm trying to think i think it was probably an mb game so haunted house and then the, uh, look into that one a little more yeah you'd probably be able to find it. and then the other one i used to remember was uh was the war of the daleks so you just is doctor who big in the state or do people watch doctor who in the states or it's that... getting it's uh yeah it's kind of in that it's got its own like subculture niche sort of thing yeah yeah um i've kind of avoided it only because i've got enough other things to obsess yeah, over so yeah. i don't i don't need one more yeah um, 
Yeah. Nothing against it. I hear no, it's no, great. no. It, it, we, I mean, I, I don't watch it at the moment because I think it's kind of gone off the boil. But I mean, the, the, I used to watch <laughs> it when I was a little kid because it used to be terrifying. It used to be kind of like hiding behind the sofa, watching the, you know, with the, some of the creatures they had. But <laughs> the, the Daleks, the sort of the synonymous creatures on that, and they had this game. It was called. I was called. It was called Battle of the Daleks or Planet of the Daleks or something. And anyway, you basically had all these little. Dalek toys that were quite heavy because they had like a lead weight in the bottom and you would rotate the ba- the base of the board game and they would spin around and if they touched you you kind of been killed by the Dalek it was very very kind of, it was like you know kind of a get race to the finish game but avoid getting killed by these little rotating Daleks but you know it was in the age where you didn't have kind of battery operated board games or if you did that you know and and uh and it was really cool and and uh to have these things that spun around and like randomly when you spun the board around which was really cool i just enjoy playing that as well that's, that's <laughs> awesome yeah they, it's, i mean you find the old ip games from like the 60s and 70s and it's like you know it's it's the man from uncle the card game yeah Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, just kind of, and and that that's that's a funny thing with Star Wars as well is you know how they because you know the the thing with a Star Wars franchise at the beginning they didn't have any you know they they were so surprised with how how much the how popular the film was they never even thought about merchandise and and you know by the time they thought oh, well by the time we get it out it's gonna kind of like nobody's gonna want to buy it because the film will have just bombed or we you know we won't they'll have forgotten about it and obviously got that wrong so the first things they brought out <laughs> were board games um so you know attack of the death star and that sort of thing was a really simple way of making cardboard stuff while they were trying to get all these plastic toys made so uh but they're very basic games but those those now on the secondary market the originals are those don't they don't go for a lot but you you know they go for kind of interesting prices compared to what they would cost originally oh yeah well i mean there's probably not exactly a whole lot of them out there to be uh picked up no no not in not and 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 collectors are they want them pristine you know even if they've been unopened you know they'll that that's the the prices that unopened things go for is just crazy yeah Um, it's funny that you know like you said people want things pristine and i a lot of my game boxes are beat to death because i've played them to yeah, death. yeah yeah like my copy of klaus teuber's game how do you say it the settlers of what oh i don't even know what it is oh man <laughs> so we i'm showing sure my ignorance i'm sure there I'm you go ignorance. there yeah. you go settlers of Catan. um was a game in 1995 by, okay yeah yeah, yeah. we by, talked to yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 and you know my copy of Catan is just i i'm trying to figure out if i just need to buy a new one because i have played it it my physical copy of the game has been played over 200 times yeah 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 and yeah. it's just warped yeah you know yeah but we've got a uh a game shop here in the st louis area where they have like this whole like set of shelves that they call the ding and dent and yeah. it's copies that aren't pristine yeah and you can pick them up for pennies on the dollar and it's like yeah What's wrong with it? It's got a, a a scratch from like the the box knife got it, and it is forty percent off. Yeah, does it really? Okay. Matter? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I don't care. It's like our monopoly. The you know the the box lid, the the four no. corners have ripped. So it's basically <laughs> it lays flat on the table. There's you know there's nothing, and and so and all the money kind of spills out when you take it out of the cupboard and there's all this like dice drop out of the sides of the box (laughs) then it just goes back in the cupboard and then comes out again so yeah it's 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 had a long long hard life but yeah it's been loved and played with oh yeah i mean i when we got my wife and i got married that's when uh target had all those special edition wooden box versions of the old parker brothers games wow so we've got like the wood box so it looks like a book when you sit on your bookshelf um, like Monopoly and Risk and Stratego and Scrabble are the four we have. Yeah. But, you know, my Monopoly game from my childhood looks just like yours. Flat. Yeah, 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 definitely. There's a good game, Risk. I'd forgotten about Risk. We used to play that a lot when I was at university. I love I love Risk. It's a brilliant game. Yeah, Risk is... I, until they changed the rules a couple years ago, and I'm like, this isn't how... Like, I got the game... And my son wanted to play it. I opened it up and I'm reading the rules I hadn't played in a while. I'm like, I don't remember this being the rules. So, what, so have I got online, what have they done to they it? They just changed the, the card mechanic. Mm. Something about like the, 
the cards, they changed the way those work. And I'm like, mm. and they also changed the opening where opening just used to be placed an army and then you placed an army and you placed an army. Mm. Now it's, they changed that even. And I'm like, why, why are we messing with risk? Like you yeah. want to mess with risk, call it something else. Don't, yeah. Don't yeah. Call it, don't call it risk. You yeah. Know? Just, yeah. You need original yeah. risk and like modified risk. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't, don't mess with that. That's, no. I under, I understood risk. Now you, you know, you've messed it up. So, uh, a buddy of mine and his son, they, they play, they have like the classic risk or whatever they have. Yeah. And so I play that cause I'm like, I understand this version. Like this yeah. weird one, you know? Yeah. No, it's weird, I agree. it's weird when they mess with the classics. It, it is. <laughs> and yeah. And, 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 and kind of not, don't make them any better. That's that. Yeah, I can understand if you make a game better, but it's like, you know, Monopoly, my, my kids loved it when they added the credit card feature to Man Monopoly. So you could have like <laughs> yeah. a, you could swipe the bank and see how much money you had. Electronic banking. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of brings it into a modern age and I'm, you know, it's not as fun when it's like, you know, who's the banker and has the banker been stealing money from the funds or not? Yes. Like, yeah, they clearly have. <laughs> they clearly have. There's no way the banker still, you know, there's no way the person with no property still has money. <laughs> so have you ever do with the corporate world that you mm. work in? There's mm. a game. It's kind of a hybrid computer board game, but it's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Never heard of it. But it sounds really interesting. I'm going to look that up. Keep talking so, and nobody explodes. Yeah, keep talking and nobody explodes. Mm. Uh, so the premise is you basically – so we played it where we played it over in the office over a conference call, but yeah. like not video conference, just yeah. audio. Okay. And so one person's in one room and they're looking at their computer screen, which is a bomb. And the bomb's got these different compartments – and they're puzzles, but the only way to solve the puzzle is to have the book, like the bomb defusing book, which was in another conference room. Right. And so you're trying to, you're telling them, hey, I'm looking at this. And you got to describe the puzzle so they can get to the right section in the book. And then it'll be like words. So it'll be like bird. And then you have to type in what that are the responses to bird. And you're trying to defuse uh-huh. the bomb uh, over. Like I said, one person's got a computer and one person's got like a PDF printout of the bomb defusing manual. And it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of frustrating the first few times as you're trying to figure out, like, especially like when I play, my brother showed it to me and the first few times we played it, I didn't like, he knew what he was looking at, but I didn't know what I was looking at. And so I'm trying to explain something to him. He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, you know, then the bomb blows up and he's like, what were you talking about? And I'm like, it's this, goes, that's called a maze. That's, oh, it's, that's not what it. <laughs> that but sounds really what, good. Yeah. And then there's like the different wires. So they'll have like a wires and one's like blue with the white stripe, but it depends on what order they're in or what color is on top or bottom of it. And, you got to clip the right couple to diffuse that section. It's a lot of fun. And it, it does get a little, you know, uh, you're yeah. playing it. And you, you're, you'll feel your heart rate getting up a little bit. Like, we're running out of time. Which wire do I clip? And it's <laughs> uh, it's a fun one. So, yeah, you might want to look into that one with uh, the definitely. stuff you do. And is that is that a kind of like one where, you know, because you said it's like when you play work, is that kind of like a transferable, you know, is it, is it designed to make – emphasize the you know communication or teamwork or that yeah. all of those. so yeah okay okay cool. yeah because yeah, you're yeah. trying to because mm. you're trying to explain what you're looking at and you've mm. got to you know and then the other person's trying to diffuse it with their manual so they're like trying to flip through the book and find the right section and stuff and yeah i like those then, sorts of things that mimic uh, that you can kind of use to sort of mimic um you know, trying to communicate under pressure and, and, and then kind of sit and reflect and say, okay, it was just a game in that context, but you know, how does that kind of, and that's the, that's the very much the logic of what we, you know, what we're doing is here's an experience. Then how does that kind of compare with how it is, you know, on a day-to-day basis? And, you know, when people have got that frame of references, it makes it much easier to talk about it than if you're just saying, 
why do we not get on in the office? You know, because then everybody goes, well, we do, you know, we all love each other, even though they may maybe not. So it, it, it's no, really... I have no idea who they're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just happened uh, last week in my office. Like one of the, the ladies that I play with, she, you know, I was talking with her and she didn't know the project manager. And mm. I'm like, I'll bring him by in just a minute. So I went over, got the project manager, came back and said, this is the project manager, project manager, meet, you know, this person on the team. And they'd never met and we work in the same building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And those, I mean, and again, you know, I guess um, with lockdown and things like that, I know I've been talking to a lot of people who are saying, I don't even know who these people are because they started and I've only yeah. ever seen them, you know, through a screen, you know. And Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I've tried very hard to to uh, beat those screens down. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got you have to you you know now, but a lot of these virtual teams now, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting dynamic moving forward. A lot of these virtual teams, like I know some people that live in the middle of nowhere now and work for big companies because they can work from home and their mm. home is you know, two States away, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how all this, this, uh, changing dynamic for sure of the, uh, corporate world. I heard some fascinating stories. I don't know how many of them are kind of true, but, but even if they're not, they're funny, but like, um, uh, sorts of people's excuses for not coming back to the office. So when their bosses have said to them, Hey, you know, I think it's about time you start to show up now, you know, you're at least working from my, so one of them that I heard was, I oh, will have bought a dog now and I, I yeah. it. and it can't, I can't leave it on its own. And then the other one I heard, which was the funniest one was, um, I can't because I've emigrated. I'm, I'm living in a different country now. I was like thinking, okay, fine, fair enough. Do you not think at the point where you actually sort of uh, bought your plane ticket and like and this, you know, moved that you might want to let us know that you're kind of, you know, shifting countries that, you know, part of your contract might have been reasonable for us to expect that you would do that. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, no. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I live in Spain now. Yeah, it was something oh. like that. I can't remember where, where it was. You know, I've, I've, I've moved to France. Like, okay, yeah. fine, fair enough. You know, that's your choice. Yeah. Well done. Well, I mean, over there, that's a little bit easier to do, but from, you know, than over here. But even over, you know, over here, it's like, yeah, I, well, I, 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 you know, I just talked to, I ran to a coworker, the next coworker of mine at the gaming convention who now lives four hours away. Yeah. Still working for the same company, but it's all online now. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, weird. Wow. I know. Strange times. Strange times. <laughs> Things are a changing. <laughs> well, Craig, I'd like to thank you for being on my show today. And I've had a great time talking with you. We been definitely got to keep. Yeah, we yeah, definitely got to keep pleasure. in touch. Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, Adam. And, and as I said, you know, uh, um i'll i'll link i'll link your show into mine when we when we get your interview out there and and you know it, it's uh it's really good to be able to reciprocate because you know we came it's like convergent evolution you know we've come at a similar we've come up with a similar solution to a a, a, a kind of common issue but from very different angles you know it's like the kind of our ichthyosaurs and dolphins look the same, <laughs> even though they're completely different species because that works and, it, and it, uh, that shape when uh, that form works. I think we've kind of converged on a, a sort of a, a, a way of getting people to, to treat each other as human beings. Uh, interestingly, just before we close, I don't know whether, I don't know whether you know about this, but I, I and again, relates to what we're talking about. It's a very different kind of area, but um, I saw this article this morning. I was looking at an, an online uh, news thing that I look at and it's called the human library. And it's somewhere, have you heard this? It's in, it's somewhere in Scandinavia. No. Only the Scandinavians would come up with something as, as cool as this. Uh, it's called the human library. And what you do is you go to this place and you sit down for 30 minutes and, and that 30 minutes is with someone who will tell you their life story in 30 minutes. Um, but obviously it's around a particular theme. So you go in and you say, I want to talk to someone who's experienced such and such. And you meet up them with 30 minutes, 30 minutes and someone will tell you their life story in 30 minutes that incorporates what it is. And, and it's all intended to bring people with very diverse backgrounds together. And they're using it as a way of just kind of, you know, kind of humanizing human beings uh, and, and getting them to talk to each other and actually see how much we've got in common rather than how much we've got different. Uh, and again, you know, I know it's sort of a bit of a tangential thing, but I think it's, it's that sort of, if we talk to each other, the world will be a much better place. You know, we kind of fix mo so many things that need fixing when we just talk to each other and just don't sit in kind of corners, throwing things at each other. It's, it's a much more conducive, productive and conducive way to live our lives. 
No, that sounds awesome. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, the human library. I'll I'll send you a link after after we finish the call and you can have a read of it. I just thought it was yeah. what a what a great idea. Um and wouldn't it be great if everywhere did that sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> Bring everybody together? What? No. No. Oh. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you or hear your podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, so uh, they can, they can if they go to the website, which is thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, you can get in touch with us. There's loads of different ways you can get in touch with us there. If they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's uh, I think it's Craig Allen Smith. It's my surname is obviously very common, Craig Allen Smith, <laughs> and uh, I'm the kind of ugly guy with glasses that you'll you'll see there. My podcast is is called Engaging Internal Comms, so it's very much geared towards employee communications and employee engagement. So quite corporate, uh, but uh, yeah, if anyone's interested in that sort of area of how we can get people to talk to each other and communicate better to our employees engaging internal comms on us on itunes and all the usual platforms that these things are on and uh yeah more than welcome to to, to come along and have a look at the show and see if it's uh, anything of interest there of yeah, course, your, of course yeah. your episode will be of immediate interest if uh, uh <laughs> <to> find that <laughs> yeah so that i mean that's like again it's it's really funny that what Audrey IO is doing is almost like what we're trying to do on a lot smaller with a different group of people, right? We're trying to bring offices together mm. and Audrey's trying to bring podcasters together. And then coincidentally, that's how we met and came, yeah. you know, came together. So mm. it's been an interesting uh, thing playing around on Audrey IO. I've met some great people like you and uh, have had a lot of fun meeting people in different areas of the same, the same subset of trying to, you know, bring people together and break those walls down and all that and uh, keep up the good work. And I will keep you too. listening and uh, follow, following you on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, and if, you, if you've got any, you see an interesting Kickstarters, you know, I'm a kind of, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm a vulnerable addict to, to this sort of thing. So, you know, just send it across to me and I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be taken. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> will do. Will do. And as usual, if you want to reach out to me, it's eatlunchandboardgame.com, facebook.com slash groups slash eatlunchandboardgame, or email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. This podcast has been a long time in the making. I reached out to many podcasters for their opinions, and I settled on Anchor FM as my host. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Then, Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I know you have an idea for a podcast in you. Now is the time to make it happen. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3cmedia, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.